are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, going to be talking a little Kentucky basketball. Going to give you guys some reasons why the Wildcats should be the number one overall team in the preseason AP Top 25. Also going to be talking a little Kentucky football. There is a popular rating system out there that currently has Kentucky football unranked. They are not inside the top 25. Ridiculous in my opinion. Going to talk about that. And then finally, a brief Kentucky versus Northern Illinois preview. Going to break down this MAC team. Not your typical MAC team a little bit more physical than most would anticipate. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on YouTube or if you're listening on podcast itself. Leave a five-star review. I really appreciate you guys leaving reviews. I've been seeing them. Really, really appreciate all the good love towards the show. All right. Kentucky basketball, in my opinion, should be the number one team in the preseason AP Top 25 that will be released here, I believe, in about a month and a half, give or take, somewhere around there. I'm going to go through the three other teams that Kentucky will likely be inside the top four with, and I'm going to explain why Kentucky should be ahead of that team in the AP poll. There's one team in particular that I want to start with here that I think will likely be number one in the AP, but I think the Wildcats should be ahead of them. The North Carolina Tar Heels. After making the national title last year as an eight seed, they've got a ton of experience returning this year, a lot of hype around this Tar Heels program. The three things they've got going for them, like I mentioned experience, they've got a lot of guys coming back. I believe four of their five starters return, if I'm not mistaken. They've got shooters. Caleb Love, R.J. Davis were clutch in their tournament run last season. Caleb Love in particular, really, really special, uh, especially in that Final Four game against Duke, for those of you that remember that game. Although, a couple of rivals for the Wildcats still. Really, 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 really fun game. Caleb Love, huge part of that matchup. They've got shooters. They've got offense. They've got scoring. And then the third thing that they've got going for them this season, and this isn't necessarily in relation to them being number one in the preseason AP poll, it's just if we're going to sit here and project down the line what these teams could potentially do, I think you have to look at the conference that they play in. It's kind of a mid-ACC, at least it looks like that to me, and it has been for a couple of years, to be honest with you. It's just kind of an eh year in the ACC. Duke lost a a ton of talent. I think that Duke is going to contend still, uh, in, in the ACC conference, but uh, that's kind of a, a redundant statement there, ACC conference, but still, Duke lost, lost a ton of talent, but you have to ask, outside of Duke, who's going to contend with North Carolina? Who's going to go out there and actually contend with the Tar Heels? So those are the three things I think UNC has going for them. And then a couple of points against them. May I remind everybody out there that Kentucky blew this team out on a neutral site last season, and you say, well, it's a new year, it's a different team. Well, again, I want to go back to a ton of returning experience for the Tar Heels this year. It's a very similar team that Kentucky played last year. So it's a team that Kentucky knows how to handle. It's a team that Kentucky did handle a year ago. So I think that the Wildcats, from a matchup standpoint, I think they would be favored in this game. I think that Kentucky's a better team if we're going to match them up individually. I think Kentucky would be favored, and they would be a team that would sit above them, in my opinion, therefore, in a, in a ranking system. 
the second thing here, North Carolina at one point, I think people forget about this. At one point last year, UNC was 18 and eight with this core of players. And I know that they hit their stride, but are, are we really going to sit here and bank on that final four, excuse me, national title run version of North Carolina just showing up this entire season? Are we banking on them not reverting back to that good form, but not elite form? Are they truly, is this core truly deserving of that number one ranking? Because at one point this year, last year, excuse me, they were, they were a top 25 team but they weren't worthy of a number one ranking. And, and they showed up in the, that, that version of North Carolina showed up in the national title game against Kansas after blowing a double-digit lead. And by the way, Kansas, another team that Kentucky blew out, by the way. That, that Carolina team was good before they hit their stride. Again, just not number one worthy. Are we truly going to just expect them to be that type of number one team heading into this year? I, I, I just, I don't know. And then the final thing here, how does Pete Nance impact their season and in case you did not know Pete Nance transfer from Northwestern he's a power forward he will play uh over the graduated Brady Brady Manick really really good shooter is Pete Nance shot 45.2 percent from three last season how is he going to perform he's going to be an x-factor Manick was huge for them at last season over various points so those are three different things that are going against North Carolina they I think Kentucky would be favored on a neutral court I, at one point last season, North Carolina was just good. Do we expect them to just be perfect like they were in their, in their tournament run this season? Or are things going to average out a little bit? And that's not to say that they're bad. It's just, does that mean they're the number one team in the country? Just looking at this core, does that mean that they're, they're the number one team in the country? And then finally, how does Pete Nance replace Brady Manick? Does he play as well as Manick did? The second team here, and I actually have them over Gonzaga, if I were to do the poll, Houston. The Houston Cougars, I think, are better than the Gonzaga Bulldogs this year. Maybe just slightly. Maybe by a point or two. I really like the Cougars. I like their program. I like what they've got going on. They get a lot of praise for their defense, by the way. Houston does. And this is one of the things in their points in their corner. Their offense actually isn't half bad either. Kelvin Sampson, their head coach, has proven to be a consistent recruiter, a consistent coach, a consistent developer of talent. And the talent is there. And they've got a really, really big-time recruit coming in, Jarris Walker, uh, five-star power forward out of IMG. He's going to be an entertaining player to watch. They've got some things going for them, but here's the problem with Houston. If we're going to compare them to Kentucky and say why the Wildcats should be a number one, the number one team over Houston, Houston lost four double-digit scores from their very talented team from a season ago. And from a talent perspective, I know that, that, I, that I said the talent's there, but if we're going to compare them to these other three schools, Gonzaga, North Carolina and Kentucky, they're probably the least talented team out of the four here. Not to say that they don't have talent. They do. But whenever you get to this elite status and you're starting to compare star ratings and looking at these teams on paper, I think that Houston's probably the least talented. And that's a bad way to put it because they are a good team, but still. And then also, finally, the reason why I think Kentucky will be higher, they won't. Houston won't get slotted over above any of these other three schools, in my mind. They won't get, they, in the AP, they won't get put above, above North Carolina. They won't get put above Gonzaga, and they won't get put above Kentucky. The media, I don't think, is going to do that. And then the final team here, Gonzaga, like I've mentioned. The things that are going for them, Drew Timmy is somehow still here. It feels like he's entering his 10th season of college, and it feels like somehow he's still going to have one more year of eligibility following this. I mean, he has just been, <laughs> he's been in the game for quite some time. They're really talented forward there. 
the roster is filled with scores. Now they lost a couple of pieces, but they they Gonzaga knows how to score. They know how to run. That game against Kentucky is going to be a lot of fun. I can and that rhymed. Goodness gracious! If we're talking preseason and regular season, this team is a really good team. So Gonzaga, I think is it could you could put them at number one if you wanted to. A couple things though, Chet Holmgren is gone. Their talented forward slash center, he is gone. Point guard, in my opinion, is a question mark for them. The guy that they they have projected to start, they average like five and a half points a game last year. I don't really know what they're going to do at that spot. I may be just completely unaware of a transfer or something that they're going to do to kind of patch that, but they've got some inexperience at a very important position. And then Kentucky, I think, will prove on the court this year that they are a better team than Gonzaga whenever they play. I think they're going to prove that. I think Kentucky's going to go out there and beat them. I think that right now Kentucky would be a better team on a neutral court. We're going to get to see that. It's just my opinion. I think from a matchup standpoint, Kentucky has just as much talent or more. They're more efficient in a variety of areas. I think when you talk about the preseason hype after seeing what they did in the Bahamas trip, I really like the momentum that they have. The Bahamas trip was a glimpse of what this team can truly do, not just on offense, by the way, not just getting out and running, but on defense. I think Kentucky plays better defense than a couple of these schools, specifically UNC and Gonzaga. I think that the Wildcats should be the number one team in the AP poll. You compare them to these three three other schools, and I know that all of these schools are very close when it comes to talent and experience and coaching. It's a, it's a very elite realm that these schools currently find themselves in, but I think the Wildcats take the cake. If you've got thoughts on that, if you agree, if you disagree, leave, leave a comment in the YouTube comments below, or you can hit me on the socials at LockedOnUK. It's going to be a fun season for the Wildcats. It's going to be a fun season. I want to talk about Kentucky football being unranked in a popular rating system. Before I get to that, though, I want to tell you guys about the easiest and most fun way to spice up your college football season. It's Underdog Fantasy and their pick'em game for college football. You can just look at your favorite Kentucky Wildcat stats and you can pick whether you think they'll end up with higher or lower numbers in this week's game, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. You can pick between two to five players for your pick'em slip, get all of your picks right, and you'll take home some cold, hard cash. It's simple to get started. Just head to underdogfantasy.com or download the app and sign up with promo code Locked on and underdog will double your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. Deposit one hundred dollars, get one hundred dollars free. That's underdog fantasy promo code locked on. All right, continuing along here on the Thursday, excuse me, the Friday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. Kentucky football, as we all know, ranked number eight in the AP poll as of right now. One of the top 10 teams in the country, according to the Associated Press. According to some of the rating systems, they aren't. Kentucky football finds themselves outside the top 25 in the latest edition of ESPN's Football Power Index, a.k.a. the FPI. Now, you guys know how I feel about the, the, uh, the FPI. And I know a lot of you out there actually hold similar opinions about ESPN's Football Power Index. There are some interesting things to take away from it when you look at efficiencies and different things like that. But for the most part, especially early in the year, uh, it's always on something. And we talked about the preseason rankings. We talked about Mississippi State being like a top 15, top 10 team or something like that. I mean, this, this thing's always on crack. 
Whatever it's having, I, I want a little bit of it. It's always on something. Kentucky sitting at number 26 in the FPI. And I'm going to get to the team that's above them in a second because it's laughable. But I want to I talk about the reasons why Kentucky should be inside the top 25. And I know that there are some things mathematically that are holding the Wildcats back. Sure, that's fair. But I want to get to why I think in a rating system like this, just there are a couple of teams that are above them that even though this is a mathematical system for the most part, it's all numbers, I question why these teams are ahead of the Wildcats. Kentucky currently has a win over a top 25 team. If we're going to talk about strength of schedule, I mean, the Wildcats went out and beat the best team on their schedule that they've had thus far. They're 3-0. They're undefeated. And if you want to talk about efficiencies, defensive efficiency for the Wildcats is through the roof right now. They're actually, according to the FPI, number two in the country in defensive efficiency. Number 67 in offensive efficiency, and that's kind of what's holding the Wildcats back. But again... It's so early in the season, I just don't know if all these numbers are completely accurate and truly reflective of what's going to happen or what these teams are going to do slash have done. By the way, for, for anybody out there just wondering, Kansas right now is the number one team in the country uh, in terms of offensive efficiency, which, I mean, good for Kansas, but they played, what, Houston, West Virginia, and who? Yeah, no, no thank you. So yeah, I, I think that I think the Wildcats should at least be somewhere inside this top 25. I think it's a little ridiculous. And the funniest thing about all of this is there is a team with a losing record right above the Wildcats at 25. And that is the Notre Dame Fighting Irish at 25. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me, right? Notre Dame, one and two, who lost to Marshall at home, could barely scrape by Cal, lost to Ohio State, you're telling me that this team in your rating system is better than Kentucky. It's just not. It's just, I, I don't want to say objectively not, because any team can beat any team, right? I mean, that's proven by the fact that Marshall beat Notre Dame, but... If we're going to put these two teams on a neutral site right now, I think Kentucky wins by double digits. They win by 10 points or more, and I would be willing, be willing to bet a lot of money on, on that. In fact, I'd love to see Notre Dame in a bowl game just to crush them. There is no way that this system could sit here and truly say, hey, you know what? We think that Notre Dame is better than Kentucky. Right now, Notre Dame is 58th in offensive efficiency, or excuse me, overall efficiency. They are, just check here, they are 91st in offensive efficiency. And they are, just pull it up here real quick, 44th in defensive efficiency. You have got to be kidding me. How is that team? It has to be something to do with strength of schedule and that being a huge factor or something. I don't know. But that's ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. And I know that I'm sitting here complaining about a rating system that not a ton of people care about, but still. I think Baylor, a team at number 14, is ranked too high. I think Miami is ranked too high at 15. Wisconsin sitting there at number 19. I think that's a team Kentucky could beat. Oklahoma State, I think, is a team that, that Kentucky could beat. Cincinnati's at 23? Are we serious? 
Did you see their game, most recent game, where they were down to Miami of Ohio? It was like 17-7 to or 17 nothing. They had to come back to win that game, and they eventually won it. But Cincinnati's not, <laughs> if we're going to do a rating system, even a mathematical rating system should be able to say, okay, hold on now, guys. We truly don't think that Cincinnati is better than Kentucky. I mean, you look behind Kentucky. Iowa State is currently 3-0. and Florida State's 3-0. and NC State's 3-0. and Syracuse is 3-0. and BYU, I would argue, is a better team, even though they just got beaten to death by Oregon. I think that they're better than some of these teams here right at the top 25 or just outside of it. I mean, this is, I need, I would love to know more about how ESPN calculates some of these things because in no world right now is Notre Dame higher in than Kentucky in any rating system reasonably. It's just ridiculous. All right, Kentucky not necessarily benefiting right now, I think, from the strongest strength of schedule in the world. And they have an opponent this week that they should beat, Northern, Northern Illinois. We're going to preview that in just a second. Before I do that, though, just want to remind you guys again, please subscribe to the podcast. We are so close to 2,500 subscribers on YouTube. Really, really excited about that, Mark. And then if you're listening on podcast, leave us a review. And don't just leave us a five-star review. Leave a review. Tell us what you think about the show. We will shout you out whenever we get the chance. Would really appreciate that. All right, wrapping up the Friday edition of Locked on Kentucky, Lance Daw here with you. Before I get to this NIU preview, there was a question that somebody asked me on Twitter, and I wanted to get to it. I, by the way, I have compiled a list of, of questions that you guys have asked on YouTube, and I'm going to save it for a show probably next Monday, probably next Tuesday where I can break down everything that you guys have asked because you guys have asked me quite a few questions that would probably take uh, two-thirds of a show or a whole show to get to. But I want to get to this one question because I think it's, it's really relevant to what's happening right now. This one comes from Zach Julian on Twitter, and he said, Question for your podcast. Do you think there is any chance Stoops gets lured away from Kentucky for a Big Ten job such as Nebraska or Iowa? Or would it have to be a prominent powerhouse program that opens? So this is something that we, that we talked about a little bit earlier in the summer about why I think it would make no sense for Mark Stoops to leave for, I didn't, I don't remember if I said just about any other program, but I think a lot of programs out there, it would not make a whole lot of sense for him to jump ship because of the situation that he finds himself in at Kentucky. And all of you know this, and so I'm just going to go through it again quickly. He is in a position contractually where There are not a ton of expectations, and he can get to seven wins, I believe, and get get a raise or get extra money. And there are certain things that he can do within his contract that are really not easy accomplishments, but easier than before. There are easy accomplishments for him now where he can get to those marks consistently, consistently like make a bowl or win a bowl or do these certain things that get him more money in his contract. And he's got a really long extension into the future to where he's got time now to start to raise expectations, and he's raising them currently. I mean, Kentucky's got their highest ranking, tied their highest ranking since 1977 right now. So it's a great place that Mark Stoops is in. He is building a powerhouse in the SEC East. Do I think he's going to consistently find his way past Georgia? We're just going to have to see. But to answer your question, Zach, does Stoops get lured away? 
for a, a job specifically like Nebraska or Iowa. I think Iowa would make more sense because he is an Iowa grad, but I still don't see him leaving Kentucky for that. I don't see him leaving. And I know that we've talked about Iowa and Kentucky being two programs. We talked about it on this podcast where they're like the epitome of consistency, right? At least Kentucky has been for like five years now, four or five years where they just, they do the most with what they have. And Iowa has a little bit more of an opportunity to show that and actually get ranked and actually pick up more wins. I think sometimes in the Wildcats because they play in such a weak, chaotic division, it's a little bit more difficult for Kentucky because they play in the SEC. But still, both these teams, for the past few years, the epitome of consistency. But if you are getting paid very well to coach at a school where you're making it happen, you're recruiting well, you got a top 15 class that you just brought in, you're, you're winning, you're beating your rivals on the road in their house by double digits, you're doing things like that, I don't see why he would leave unless Iowa just drops the bag. And I don't think Iowa's just going to drop the bag. I also don't know when Ferentz is going to leave. I know that his OC, Brian Ferentz, um, I don't, I don't want to sit here and say, oh, well, this person should be fired or, well, this person should be, should be fired. I mean, I think it's a pretty widely accepted consensus that Brian Ferentz is not a good fit for the Iowa Hawkeyes at offensive coordinator. But, yeah, point being, I just I don't see Stoops leaving for Iowa, and I definitely don't see him leaving for Nebraska. Again, you talk about stability. And I know that they've got a really solid fan base up there in Nebraska. No, I, I just don't see them do. I just don't see him, him leaving the comfort of what he's got going. If it was a little bit more unstable here at Kentucky, I could see him doing it. I could see him making that stepping stone. And, he, and Zach also asked, would it have to be a prominent powerhouse program that opens? Auburn, I think, is a program that's going to open up here soon. Auburn is going to give him a look, but that's a pipe dream in my mind that's not happening. So it would have to be, I think it would have to be like a really, really big time program, like a really big time program. And I'm having a hard time thinking of a blue blood that could be opening up here soon because there's not a lot. Everybody's kind of found their guy over the past few years. Sark at Texas, um, Michigan State has found their guy and Mel Tucker. I mean, they're the, the places that you would think that are kind of like fringe blue bloods or like really good teams. They've found their guy. So, no, I don't think Stoops is going to leave, and it's less about the fact that, oh, Nebraska or Iowa stink. It's more about, I just can't foresee him leaving the situation he's put himself in. He's just got an opportunity to win, make money, and build. He's got everything moving in the right direction. I don't see him leaving. All right, briefly, Kentucky, NIU, this Saturday, like I mentioned earlier, not your typical MAC team. The NIU Huskies, they are very physical, and they don't have the offensive yardage to show it. You would think if I say they're a physical team, oh, well, then they run the ball really well, or oh, well, they've got a really good line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Not necessarily. They only average 154 rushing yards per game, which is bad. 218 passing yards per game, which is also bad. But they they hit you in the mouth. They do try and run the football, and they do play... You go back and watch that Vanderbilt game. I mean, there's a reason they got up. They started hitting them, and they hit them early. And Vanderbilt didn't know what to do at first, and then they recovered because they're like, oh, we're an SEC team playing a max school. Whoops. Let's win. The second thing here I want to point out, the defense for, for NIU, it's bad. It's really, really bad. They're 111th in total defense, 77th in rush defense, and their opponents have been Eastern Illinois, Tulsa, and Vanderbilt. 34.3 points allowed per game to those three opponents is just simply not good. It's just not. 
And I think the big question that everybody has going into this game is, okay, Kentucky shut out Youngstown State last week. Wasn't the prettiest game. Will Levis continues to throw a pick in just about every single game that he plays in. It, it doesn't matter who the opponent is. It could be some no-name FCS school. Will Levis is throwing that interception. Dag on it. But I think the question here is, how will Kentucky's offense operate? Will they operate cleanly? And can Kentucky run the ball on this team? Will they be able to run the ball? I think a lot of people would lean towards no. No, that's not going to happen. And I would probably lean that way as well. But at some point, you have to expect the rushing attack to at least put up decent numbers, right? You've had three out of these four games here to begin the season where you, where you should be able to establish the line of scrimmage at least better than they have. They haven't been able to do it. How do they handle NIU, who is porous on defense, to say the least? We'll just have to see. Everyone wants to make a big deal about Rocky Lombardi being Northern Illinois' quarterback. In case you don't know who that is, Lombardi is a former Michigan State transfer. He wasn't good at state. And to be honest, he hasn't been phenomenal with the Huskies either. I mean, he's off to a good start this year. Five touchdowns, one interception for NIU's quarterback so far this season. But he's not a great quarterback. I don't see him lighting this Kentucky secondary up, especially how with how improved the cornerbacks have been. How, the, how improved everything has been, to be honest with you. Everything has been better the Wildcats on defense than I think it was a season ago. You may make some arguments about the D-line, but still, they're creating turnovers, which is something that Kentucky had a really hard time doing last year. They're getting stops consistently. That secondary is playing well. The final thing I want to point out here for NIU, if you think early, let's say NIU scores, and it's kind of like what's happened with Kentucky and their, their opponents this year, outside of Florida, maybe it's like, oh, well, they've kind of stuck in it for a while. Is there a chance that Kentucky fumbles this one away? NIU choked, and I mean they choked against Vanderbilt. They were up 28-14 to in the third quarter of that game last week. They lost 38-28. Excuse me. That tells me everything I need to know. This is a Mac school that p- tries to play hard, doesn't have the tools to do it. They've got a quarterback that is not as good as everybody thinks he is, and I think Kentucky should be able to win this game. I'm not going to give a score prediction. I just think that Kentucky should go out there and win. And I really, really do hope that they start to polish some things up on the offensive offensive side of the ball because Ole Miss on the road in Oxford in a week and a day is going to be tough. It's going to be really, really tough. Going to have a lot of fun previewing that game. But yeah, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. Got any thoughts about tomorrow's game against the NIU Huskies? You can leave them in the YouTube comments below. You can also hit me on the socials at Locked On UK. Hey, you can follow me on Twitter at Locked on UK. And you can follow the show on Instagram at Kentucky Podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at Lance Stahl underscore. Again, any questions, comments, concerns, leave them all there on the socials or in the comments. I will see you all on Monday for another episode of Locked on Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day and God bless. <laughs>